This podcast is brought to you by Pop Spotting, a new show coming this summer covering everything else. Movies, music, television, books, plus interviews, trivia contests, and much more. Learn more at popspotting.net. The Transmission, episode 97, May 19th, 2010. Give me the ashes. Why? Because they're mine. What do you want him for? Hey! Aloha from the Island Lost fans. You are tuned into the transmission. This is a podcast devoted to the show Lost on ABC. I'm Jen. And I'm Ryan. And we're here with a shortwave transmission. That's one of our initial reaction podcasts to quickly cover this week's penultimate episode. That's the word of the week. Yep. So we're skipping the recap and we'll get straight to our thoughts on what they died for. It's the last regular episode of the final season of Lost. My lord. Uh, and then we'll share some of your initial reactions with some of the earliest calls to come in on the Lost line. We've only begun to process what happened this week and we know there's a lot more to say so please stop by the blog for a more in-depth discussion of the episode. You can post your feedback at whatyup.com slash lost and join us as we look ahead to Sunday's two and a half hour series finale. As we mentioned we'll do another initial reaction podcast early next week but we know there will be a lot to cover once lost is over so we'll follow up with a full episode of the transmission the following sunday but for now let's take a look at what they died for ready let's get lost Yes, What They Died For is the last regular episode of Lost. All that lies ahead is the series finale on Sunday. Now, the episodes that come before season finales sometimes can be mechanical. They can just basically be set up. They get everyone in place, and you know, and you're excited about what's to come, but sometimes you're not sure really what you got out of it. I've Especially after last week, how did you like this episode? I have to say, I liked it, but you know what's better? I like Across the Sea a whole lot more now. Well, you know, this episode definitely redeems a little bit of last week's episode, primarily because of the conversation around the fireplace, the great download of mythology. It would have been ludicrous without any of that backstory. Yeah, exactly. And then when you think about it, Across the Sea and what it tried to tell us could not have fit anywhere else in the season now that we've seen this. So there's that already. It definitely made us feel a little better about last week. But I think that on its own, What They Died For was a fantastic episode of Lost. It was just full of great character moments. Mm-hmm. The the scene between Locke and Jack in Jack's office, the, the Ben and Rousseau scene, I mean, that was great. There was a lot of great stuff on the island as well. I mean, they, they, they despite the fact that we're definitely barreling toward the end of this show, this episode did show the care and attention to the character moments, like you said, and just to not really feel rushed. It was a fast hour in the, in the sense that we didn't want it to be over, but I just thought it was really well paced. In addition to the character moments... Obviously, we got a lot of major developments. So the big question of the entire season, since the end of last season, who is Jacob's successor? Well, we got it. Jack steps up. And, well, I guess in a way it couldn't have been anybody else. I mean, they have brought it down to the last three, or actually four candidates, since Kate apparently was still eligible Mm -hmm. at the last moment. But uh, who else could it have been but Jack? It's obvious now, just the way his character has changed from the beginning, from initially a skeptic to somebody 
who accepts that things are not in his control. Well, at least that to, there are things bigger than him. You right. Know, that, 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 that there is a greater purpose, that there is such a thing as fate. So I'll buy it. And of course, this episode also solidifies the significance of Desmond. He's the, he's the unknown. He's the variable in the entire story. He could either be key to Jack's plan to protect the island or key to the man in black to unlock, basically destroying it. I mean, the stakes are that high and uh, it's, it's, it's set up. It's either kill or be killed. Unlock is going to kill all of the candidates or Jack and them are going to have to kill Unlock. Very, very high body count this week. Oh, absolutely. And, well, Richard was pretty dispatched rather well, suddenly. Well, we don't really know what's up with Richard. We don't even see where he went <laughs> once after Smokey you got a hold of him. he's just hanging in a tree somewhere. I, I don't know. Well, but Zoe got her throat slashed. In that was unexpected, suddenly. yeah. Well, it was unexpected, but maybe a little expected or somewhat anticipated. <laughs> Certainly, we've had our, our... We're like, what's the deal with this Zoe person? She doesn't seem particularly... And, and to some extent, you're like, well, I guess that was all there was to her. But they've they've we've lost a lot of other characters that could have given us more. So mm-hmm. I just like the way it was done that it was that shocking and I, I, I like that. And of course, Ben pulls the trigger and kills his nemesis. Ben kills Widmore. After all of these seasons, the person that was basically portrayed as his equal, as the person against which or in this great struggle with Ben and he's just gone like that. I always thought that when they finally had the showdown, you know, one of them would definitely kill the other one. I was just expecting it to be a little bit more intense. I well, mean, more of a showdown, maybe. Yeah. But but again, you know, just sort of confounding your expectations. You figure that they're going to go head to head and something's going to happen. But no, he basically takes him out. He shoots him, uh, if not literally, figuratively in the back. It reminded me of the scene back in season one when Charlie shoots Ethan. Right. It's just shocking. And yeah. But in this case, the, the, the gravity of the situation is greater. I mean, it's still revenge, but here it's something where we feel deeply was the loss of Alex and you know Ben basically takes revenge for that right I, I thought it was fascinating as well that he does kill Widmore but Widmore was not afraid of dying and even Locke says that you know you your primary fear is losing Penny so in this respect I thought that Ben might not necessarily have been doing the worst thing for Widmore at least in so far as if uh, Widmore does follow through and Locke keeps his word that Penny's not going to be killed but yeah that's you know, true I just love all of those layers I love these great character moments episodes that come before a season finale can sometimes just seemed like a stepping stone, a setup, but this one had a lot of meat in it. And uh, like you said, it, it's, it's a great retroactive episode in the sense that it gave us a little more appreciation for the very challenging episode yes, across the sea. It did. It did. I really, and I like how the whole thing came together at the campfire. Mm-hmm. It, it was rather seamless the way the whole story was told and the way that, that Jacob explained everything. I, I really... I, I believe yeah, it. Yeah, at this point, you bought it. After, yeah. after you know, they had to go way far. I mean, they had to really push the envelope in the mythology and, and the things that they were saying last week. But now when it comes out of Jacob's mouth, instead of sounding ludicrous, it, 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 it sounds not just rational, but important. And, you know, when the music swells and Jack stands up, I it got me, you know, got me right in the heart. I was like, okay. This is great. This I is loved great. It, yeah. I'm loving it. So, admittedly, we're fresh out of watching the episode. We haven't had the usual three or four days to think about it, right. but I think we're pretty thumbs up on Absolutely. this one and definitely looking greatly ahead to the series finale, although maybe not looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go through the various parts and some of the other things that uh, caught our eye. Um, the Flash Sideways, I mean, as fantastic as the On Island story was, as, as important as it is to the greater mythology of Lost, I thought what was happening in the Flash Sideways was, again, a top notch. <laughs> 
top-notch story. It opened on Jack's eye, which mm-hmm. I wasn't anticipating. It seems like we kind of got away from the whole eyeball thing for well, a little while. I think they've done an eyeball off the island before if it was Locke waking up. But it, but in any case, it to me, it was a callback. And this episode was so full of callbacks. It was chock full of references to things that we've seen before, that have been said before, almost too much. But, at, you know, it feels so right at this point in the overall five-year, six-year journey of Lost to almost be rewarding us with our recognition of these moments. So I, I definitely like that stuff. I'm wondering what's going on with Jack's neck. Oh, yeah, that came back. It looked worse now. Yeah, it's bleeding now or, <laughs> right. or something. It just seemed like a mark or a bruise before. It seems to be getting worse uh, than it was on the plane. I'm not sure if, are they saying that it's uh, escalating, that he's getting closer to something? I mean, everything in the Flash Sideways is, is mm-hmm. barreling toward a destination that still boggles my mind as far as what it might possibly be. But yeah, that, I mean, they, that that's not insignificant that it's now bleeding rather than just a mark. And as soon as you get a peek at Jack's neck wound right behind him, it looks like a Jackson Pollock, but it's black and white. Ah, well, I mean, that's a nice catch. They, there's, a, there's the black and white theme, and certainly the artwork in the background of the scenes has always been an Easter egg that people like to, to, to pick apart. I, I wonder if it was a Damon or Carlton original. I wouldn't be, <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. It was great to see uh, Claire living with um, Jack and his son and, and just having a family breakfast. I know the whole was. thing was really fraught with kind of awkwardness, and I really <laughs> liked that because it made the whole thing more believable, you know? It, it seemed like how a family like that would operate, uh-huh. I mean, given what they've been through most recently. I, I, I definitely love that scene but Jack gets a call and it turns out it's Desmond and yes he's back on the job I mean we were just wondering a couple of weeks ago where he was and why Jack was seemingly moving toward these uh, people on his own but Desmond is now basically taking an active role again and he's not going out with Penny he had a date with Penny what happened on his date with Penny wow <laughs> you're right I forgot about that it was in one hour after they met at the uh, the stadium uh-huh. and then uh, yeah the next scene he was just uh, off doing things maybe they did and that just things are going well and we're just going to assume that that's the I case. would think that he would be a lot more cheerful than that <laughs> I would suppose but he's he's got a job to do and he's definitely serious about it he was back in the parking lot to give Locke another whack well, that seems just like a huge risk for Desmond to take. Well, he's got nothing Ris- to lose. Well, I mean, risking arrest or risking the fact that it wouldn't work. I mean, there's there's no guarantee that his plan would work. Well, but he's he knows what's like. He definitely is projecting that he knows the outcome of what he's doing. I mean, he's he's fulfilling a destiny at this point, and yeah. uh, he has no fear. But I do like your point about, you know, why is he not in trouble? Because he, some, in this entire Flash Sideways world is full of completely inadequate police people, which is sad <laughs> because it includes Sawyer and Miles. But, you know, a cab can drive around that Kate stole that nobody's really looking for. Yeah. He's going to be going to a concert when people are going to be looking for him. I mean, rationally speaking, They're it's a dirty. problem. But this, this Flash Sideways world, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe it all sort of functions with them in a bubble because they're fulfilling a greater destiny. We can't, right. can't necessarily speak to that. He doesn't get to whack lock, though, and uh, he gets stopped by Ben, who gets beaten to a pulp. And I love the flashback that he sees to being mm-hmm. beaten beaten to a pulp. Well, well, it's happened a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically his lot in life. What I think is interesting, though, is if, he, if Ben in the Flash Sideways begins to see what's going on in the original timeline, how is he going to feel if he gets a full accounting of the person he is in that original timeline, especially in this episode, but just in general, that he was evil and sinister and caused great mayhem and pain to people? He had the mirror moment. Yes, he did uh, in the in the medical you know room for the school. That was mm-hmm. a nice touch. I, I 
actually, you know, that in that scene, again, the more thing with the cops that I don't understand. Ben is in the parking lot and he says, you know, someone call the police. This is the guy. And then I guess nobody did. Everyone just ignored that going on in the parking lot. Yeah, and that's then, true. And then Locke picks up the phone and he calls the police. And for whatever reason, he doesn't dial 911. He dials the internal reception yeah, I office. Can't under- <laughs> I can't understand that. I mean, I, we know that we have to eventually see um, Kate and Saeed in, in jail also. Yeah, but I thought the transition to bring us to the police station was great, but to me, the fact that he would call an internal police number, or, yeah. or that, that, I mean, that surely that's not where 911 rings, and and you know that when you call the police and hang up the phone, they're going to call you right back. I mean, they're going to figure out what's and going they're, on. And they're, they're also going to come that. visit you. Right, so, but okay, realism aside, uh, I did like how they used that to get us to the police station, and there's Desmond turning himself in for those crimes, but it's just to get his, you know, to have a conversation with with Saeed and Kate, or to at least, you know, bring them into the fold of people who've seen the truth. You know, I didn't know how much I missed Rousseau until tonight. Oh, that was a fantastic, I loved it. And she looked great, you know, high heels, nice dress, driving a car. <laughs> Definitely not the Rousseau that we're used to seeing. Coco Van Night sounds better to me than Taco Night. I hear you there. I guess Kate can keep her tacos if you're going to have <laughs> a nice French cuisine at home. Um, but yeah, it was great to see her and the scene, the c- chemistry between her and Ben first in the parking lot where already, you know, he can't keep his eyes off her as soon as she shows up. <laughs> but the conversation in that kitchen where she says, you know, you're the father that he never had, she never had, and that's why she's taken a liking to you. And he starts crying and it's the onions. And she says, well, I'll leave them out next time. And like, <laughs> whoa, and oh, absolutely sweet, absolutely beautiful. And in your head, you're already writing the rest of their story. They get together <laughs> and uh, he becomes a stepfather and and then that family unit is back together again you know in, in a world of dysfunctional families that that might actually that might actually work out for them and i love how alex describes ben you know she tells she asks him why would anyone want to hurt you and <laughs> right. you're the nicest guy in the world and then you're seeing right before your eyes i mean we know all the things ben has done on the island and what he did in this episode exactly that i mean we were just talking about the the difference between on island lock and off island lock a couple of weeks ago here we're doing the exact same thing michael emerson is delivering two completely different performances and he and does fantastic. both equally brilliantly absolutely and uh, in terms of the great uh, crisis that Locke has to face he does basically say all right you know I want to get this surgery I loved his story the conversation with Jack as you mentioned it was fantastic I just love the flash sideways scenes between Jack and Locke right uh, they've all been great uh, in, in, at the airport uh, in the hallway and now mm-hmm. here definitely great conversations in this conversation they they took their time and they let Locke basically tell the story and He's saying it and perfectly being aware of how ludicrous what he's saying is, that all of these things are bringing us back together. I mean, clearly it must mean something. I think you're mistaking coincidence for fate. Right. I want to fix you, but don't mistake coincidence for fate. It was like an echo line there Mm -hmm. and definitely a key line for the show. One of the many great callbacks in this episode. Uh, Speaking of things from the past, a dirty cop is who helps Desmond spring Kate and Saeed out of jail. Ana Lucia. I don't know. I know all of you guys didn't like her, but I did. I loved her character and I love that she's back. I love this that she shows up. Um, It's curious, though, because uh, she's, you know, she's not a redeemed cop. She's not a cop that's trying to resolve her familial issues or her trust issues she what actually was she on the plane 
Well, she's described by Desmond as being not ready, which, you know. Uh, right, yeah. So, yeah, she's still included in this grand plan. She's just not ready yet, the same way that uh, Mrs. Hawking said Desmond wasn't ready yet. Right. Okay, so that's weird. So we'll we'll say she was on the plane with everybody else, and uh, but at least which I thought she was coming home to her mom and ready to do the right thing, but she's, she's still a dirty cop. Well, how do we know she was coming back to her mom? She could have been in Australia for any number of reasons. Heck, she could have still have been with Christian Shepherd. Well, Christian Shepherd drank himself to death at the bar. Yeah, I don't know. It fascinating. We have no idea what the necessarily the backstories are for them and leading them there, but uh, that's a, that is a good point that she is she is still the Aunt Lucy on the plane, and the fact that Hurley recognized her and was so familiar with her that, and right away, right? I think that that's that's key too because now whatever's going on, Hurley in the Flash Sideways is, I guess, completely integrated. I mean, he's in this at the same level as Desmond is in terms of remembering what happened on the island and I guess understanding what Desmond's grand plan is. So we see Hurley's sweet Camaro. Yes. Uh, he still has it, so I think that's kind of cool. I mean, again, we're not sure what the relationship is in this world with his dad, presumably still absent, but he's he finished the car, so it was good to see that. And once again, Kate is handed a dress by somebody for a very specific purpose. Ah, yes, uh, creepy... Uh, Tom Friendly. Yeah, t- that's right. Before he goes out to see uh, Ben on the beach, mm-hmm. he gets handed that dress. So... I love the callbacks in this episode. That was definitely a good catch. And it sounds like we know where everyone's going to converge finally. We thought, well, it could be the hospital. It could be the police station. But it really looks like it's going to be Daniel's concert. Yeah, everybody's talking about it. It's a side conversation between Sawyer and and Miles. Is the redhead going to be there? Right. Sawyer, I guess, is not going. But Miles is on the way there. So, okay, who's going to the concert? We know that Jack and David are going. They discussed it. And -hmm. and David's mom, you know, Jack's ex-wife. Juliet. It's got to be Juliet. Uh, there's this who, shot of David. They're sitting down at the breakfast table. And then, I don't know, there's a specific angle that they're shooting at. And it looks, he looks just like Juliet. I, I'm not sure if I saw that. I, I definitely think, we, we've we've talked about how the actor who plays um, Jack's son uh-huh. looks a lot like Jack. And I love that that was a line of dialogue that Locke gets to deliver when he right. sees the picture. Oh, yeah. so that was kind of cool. But okay, uh, so they're going to the concert. Uh, Desmond and Kate in her new dress are going to the concert. I'm Saeed. guessing Saeed and Hurley are on their way to the same place. Uh, Miles says Charlotte's going to be there as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can guess that because it's the concert being put on by Eloise, that Eloise Hawking will be there. Charles Charles Widmore is going to be there. Um, And like you said, it's going to be Daniel's concert. So Faraday is supposed to be there. Right. Um, Who else? Penny was on the guest list. Yep, Penny's on the guest list. She should be there as well. Uh, Charlie was supposed to be on the bill. Is Charlie going to actually end up showing up? I don't know. I don't know. But that's a possibility. Who's who's not there? Well, Jin and Son are in the hospital. I don't right. know how you get them to a concert given their particular current state. Uh, Locke hasn't expressed any particular interest in, in well, this particular concert. Well, he has a wedding concert. to plan. Yeah, and he's got surgery to prep for. Who else is running around? Well, Ben and Rousseau from this episode. I guess they can go on a date. Maybe she's a she. Maybe she's a, a donates to the museum. Well, or something. you know, she's a scientist in the other timeline. Maybe she's just as interested in science now. Ah, well. Did it, what did Alex say that she did for a, she says she oh, doesn't she, say she just says that Rousseau has to have two jobs that's true uh, but they don't have to be you know that doesn't have to be Burger King and McDonald's it could be a scientific job and something else you know maybe Possibly. she's a lecturer so I, I I like that and you know she eats cocavan she she she's got a she's got the sophisticated taste that Eloise maybe makes. she's a chef hey that'd be kind <laughs> of awesome too I like that as well. Um, so again, the the concert, 90% of them at least are going to be there. It's building to something. We discussed Jack's wound getting worse. It seems like things might escalate. 
what is the end of the flash sideways what is the purpose what is the great reveal i still cannot figure out what it is i can't figure it out but i'm guessing something catastrophic catastrophic like bad like Mm -hmm. gigantic explosion and they're all wiped out together not wiped out maybe they're going to come there and something's going to happen and they're going to realize that they have to make a choice between their sideways world and Right. Well, we've definitely talked about that. I mean, yeah. because it, it's still unclear because not everyone's life in the sideways is necessarily the life they would choose and things like that. I, I don't know if it, it's weird because the two possibilities are either they, they something happens that ends that or as we've also sort of guessed is that maybe the flash sideways is the denouement. It's the uh, it's the end of the story and the happy ending for everybody because it's sort of leading in that direction. But I'm not sure if I want that too. like everybody singing uh, you all everybody and, and, and lighting their lighters and fade to black. I don't think that's the end of Lost that I want to see either, but I'll, I'll be darned if I can figure out well, what it is. Well, the great thing is, is I cannot even begin to figure out how it's going to end, and yeah. I love that. I do, I do. I can't, now we, and we're, we've only got one night of Lost left to see that. In any case, that's uh, the flash sideways, but uh, that clearly the on-island stuff was even more remarkable, more amazing, and uh, even just the opening scenes uh, started to stir the heartstrings. I thought they were really well done. The side of those life vests washing up on the beach killed me. Well, you know, to me, I thought, again, that was just well done. Um, We've discussed on the show for years that uh, sometimes tragedies just aren't acknowledged well enough, that Mm -hmm. Hurley is not given the right amount of time to to mourn for the loss of Libby, or people just sort of move on too quickly. And uh, it's true that the scene we're talking about was in total maybe a minute, actually very short, but it was long enough to feel like the appropriate closure to that painful chapter that was the end of the candidate right we lose sun and Jin, and we lose saeed and frank and this quiet moment this scene on the beach is uh, where we ha- where, where everybody pauses to mourn them i, I right. just thought it was definitely well done and and kate acknowledges and brings up with i think the appropriate amount of you know feeling ji the, the our objection which is why isn't anybody talking about the yeah impact yeah that, i like that. that and she says that you know jen never even got to meet her and then she she's she i thought it was a great performance she looked very she was great in that scene wounded and hurt but still musters the rage says Locke did this we're going to have to kill Locke. and uh, jack says i know and jack is stitching up kate the way that kate was stitching up jack in the pilot fantastic callback right there i definitely like that as well and even sawyer josh Hall Holloway has, uh, has a reflective moment where he comes to realize that uh, he had a role in causing that, that great tragedy. I wasn't really expecting him to realize that so soon. And, mm. and it was such a great scene. Well, it was great in the sense that, you know, we were almost sort of predicting that Jack would punch Sawyer and do yeah. that. You were wrong. Uh-huh. But instead, it was much more beautiful than that, much more subtle than that. Because as Sawyer is about to say it, Jack says, uh, I've made mistakes, too. You know, uh-huh. I mean, again, the two of them having that connection just calls back to some of the other great connections that they had. The the the, the conversation where Sawyer mentions meeting Jack's dad way back in mm-hmm. season two. You know, they're just somehow the chemistry between them was just perfect in this episode. But we do basically now have the return of Jacob, where we were. I think we, I wasn't sure we were going to see Jacob again. I thought that okay, what they wanted to show is that from this point forward, whenever we last saw Jacob, it has to be our candidates that move the action forward. But no, they still have another visit from Jacob, and fascinatingly, it starts with young Jacob, the little boy mm-hmm. who comes to see Hurley, and what 
fascinated me about that is that he's not a vision in the sense that he can grab and run off with a bag of ashes. So there's a physical being there that that was Jacob then running to the adult Jacob to yeah, start the fire. I don't know. That, that whole thing is confusing, especially now given the fact that all of the candidates see Jacob where previously it was only Hurley. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to think back if it was necessarily only Hurley. Like, for example, very early on in this season where Hurley is at the Dharma van with Jin and Jack and, and, uh-huh. and Jacob comes to visit, I wasn't sure if they had specifically excluded the other any other candidate from seeing him or it was just sort of a matter of timing that nobody had oh, seen Jacob. Oh, just, just luck. I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to check. I have to check. It, it, it seems to me that there was times where the candidates didn't see him because Hurley definitely seems surprised that they can see him now. But yeah, there's a lot of questions. Jacob as the little boy can carry a bag of ashes. Mm -hmm. That Jacob, who it's a key part of the mythology of the island that he is dead and this is all to find his replacement, but he still lingered around long enough to lead, you know, Hurley to the lighthouse. And now he comes back, but now his ashes are in a fire and now he has a specific time limit. And when the ashes, I guess when the fire burns out and all of his ashes are completely destroyed, then his essence no longer exists to interact. um, that that definitely seems a little strange to me as well. I did like how he said, though, that, you know, we're very close to the end, which I, mm-hmm. I guess didn't need to be pointed out, but it definitely uh, hit hit me there. Jacob has encountered Jack and Kate and Sawyer and Hurley previously. I wonder, do any of them remember this? Well, I think they implied that Hurley remembered the conversation in the, the taxi cab, right, when Jacob went to visit him. So I do think it's it did seem like a perfect moment here when uh, Jack and uh, Kate and Sawyer can now see Jacob's face. They, they go, didn't you save me from being busted for shoplifting? Didn't you give me a pen when I was at my parents' funeral? Uh-huh. Uh, maybe Jack wouldn't rec- remember a, an encounter in the, uh, in the hospital. But yeah, it was kind of strange that they didn't have that recognition moment if if that was even in the same timeline. Yeah, it was in the same timeline. Uh-huh. For a minute, some people, I mean, a lot of people think that Jacob's visits as we saw them were in the flash sideways, but that can't work because Sun and Jin, for example, were married in the in the in the yeah, in his visit. Yeah, it was at the wedding, so yeah. So it couldn't have been in the flash sideways. See, I'm already starting to confuse myself with all of these questions. And Kate, I mean, she's fired up. She's mad and now she she's the one who stands up first, I think, to Jacob and says you need to tell us that our friends did not die for a reason. Where has this Kate been for three years? Well, I mean, she's been uh, domesticated and has fallen in love with a young boy and being a mother, I no, guess. No, but she's, she's standing up and she's mad and she's not even drinking when Jack stitches her up. Oh, yeah, that's true. She just takes it right there. She's <laughs> badass, too. I don't know, but I like it. Uh, definitely a good Kate episode overall. Um, and so she demands the answers, and Jacob basically delivers them. We have a, a story around a campfire. I mean, it couldn't get any more either cliche or poetic than that, that Jacob basically does finally explain everything to them, and again, connecting to what we saw in Across the Sea. You know, my mistake was creating this monster. I need, he's gonna, He was going to find a leap loophole so I needed to find a candidate to replace me and to protect the island and, and and finally at this point to kill the man in black how did you like his explanation for why he brought them to the island or why he chose them specifically that's that's curious too he says you are all flawed like me and, and all alone and looking for something so I don't know to me that kind of implies that the candidates all had to be broken or incomplete somehow or flawed people and yeah. you know this goes back to the conversation even last week about whether people are inherently good or if they're always going to destroy things Jacob seemed to at that point believe in the inherent goodness of people mm-hmm. but here he's saying that you were ideal because of the flaws that you had which were the same flaws that I had Then, and I don't know is this uh, Jacob 
Jacob embracing his basic humanity to some extent and and seeing sort of those parallels. Well, what he says makes sense given what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems we we've pointed out that it seems that characters die when they've reached a, a stage where they accept things and yeah, their are, issues are, are on the way to or, yeah, right. they're on the way to fixing things. So yeah, that that sounds like the show we've been watching for six years. Certainly, you were broken people, and the island uh, needed you as much as you needed it. And that, I mean, in terms of what, going back and watching the entire series season, I think that that context could probably fit. And uh, they directly address why Kate wasn't a candidate because she became a mother. And I'm not sure what does that mean exactly i mean son was a mom but she stayed on the list or actually we don't know if it was son or jen mm-hmm. so there's the out there but even sawyer sawyer had uh, clementine his, his well, daughter biologically speaking but he was <laughs> never really in her life so the reason okay well actually so jacob says that the reason why i chose you is because you were looking for something you couldn't find something and kate in becoming founded a mom, in Aaron. yeah, founded yeah. in Aaron. So yes, so she gets she found uh, fulfillment and purpose. So she did not, you know, she was no longer a candidate because she could be happy in the life that she had found. I, I'll buy that. I guess I guess that definitely works. Um, and uh, it all comes down to choice. I'm not going to pick who the candidate is. The candidate has to select themselves. And he goes right out and says that I didn't have the opportunity to choose. So I'm going to make sure that my successor does. But what would have happened if Sawyer wanted the job too, or what if? Kate had decided she wanted the job. Was he only counting on Jack standing up? Well, you know, that whole conversation at the lighthouse where he goes, Jack needs to choose his path. There's something that Jack still needs to do. It sounds Mm -hmm. to me like Jacob pretty much had his eye on Jack from fairly early on, and especially given the way Jack behaved and took a leadership role from the very beginning of the show, can say that maybe Jacob thought it was going to be Jack all along. But it is fascinating to suggest the possibility that someone else could have raised their hand, that, you know, Hurley says i'm glad it's not me but what would have happened we we've we've all been sort of contemplating who the final candidate could be jack is the obvious answer but we loved sort of hypothesizing the other possibilities death match (laughs) or something i don't know if they would fight over (laughs) it um but you know sawyer i like sawyer basically saying that of course it's jack the guy had a god complex you know oh yeah here's the guy who's always had to fix something this is definitely the kind of job that he'd be perfect for so anyway, Jacob steps. Uh, Jack steps forward, and Jacob leads him off to do the uh, the, the ceremony, the handoff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was fascinating that uh, he did not have a bottle. It wasn't wine. It was just water. It wasn't the same cup. And actually, they're not even at the at the magical cave. It's just wherever stream they have to be. So right. it wasn't the artifacts or tools that they're using. It was just the matter. I guess what mattered is that he's making an act, a ceremonial acceptance well, of I the position. I thought the whole thing was really kind of Catholic because, oh, yeah, you know, in, in the Bible, Jesus turns water into wine and, um, you know, he says some stuff in Latin. And I, I really hadn't caught it in the in the previous episode, but the whole thing, you know, just even the act of Jack assuming this role was, very, I don't know, it was very... I don't know. Very I can definitely, yeah, yeah, I can definitely pick up the the religious undertones of that specific act, and uh, it's revealed, I guess, that uh, again, you know, we, we're always wondering where this magical cave is. We're thinking maybe it was where the temple is, but now it seems to be specifically said that you just cannot see it. It just is unfindable unless you're one of mm-hmm. um, Jacob's chosen people. But it, now, now Jack can go back through that that famous bamboo thicket. He can go up the ridge into the center of the island, and he can find it. But the man in black wants to find it. He wants to extinguish the light. 
and he says he wants to destroy the island. So basically, yes, I mean, the stage is set for that final confrontation. We finally know now where Richard, Miles, and Ben were. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that entire arc is, is, is fantastic as well. I mean, they basically were exactly where we last saw them, where they said they would be, making their way to New Otherton to get explosives to blow up the plane. I like that um, we acknowledge Alex's death. Right, and that specifically Richard did return to that place and bury her body. You know, we've talked a lot previously about maybe her body was left out for a reason, that that's how it could be, how the smoke monster could take her form and all of those things. But Richard did eventually do the right thing Mm -hmm. and lay her to rest, and Miles senses it, uh, but doesn't actually pass a message on to Ben because presumably he just knows that the last thought that she had was that, you know, she didn't believe... She couldn't believe that her father was disowning her, I mean, mm-hmm. was disavowing her. And that's not something he'd want to necessarily say to Ben. And actually, from that point forward, things definitely got really dark for Ben. Uh, but we'll get to that definitely. point. I mean, so they get to the house and uh, turns out Widmore and Zoe are in there um, tinkering about. I mean, what, is, what the heck is Zoe looking for under the sink or in the kitchen there? Maybe she's hungry. Pancake mix? Maybe. I don't know. But in any case, they they are there. They basically confront Ben, and uh, I thought I loved when uh, you know they ask uh, Whitmore asks what Ben is doing there, and Richard answers and says, you know, we're trying to get explosives to blow up the plane. And the the look that Ben turns and gives Richard, like, <laughs> could could you not tell him every you know everything we're doing? Could you not give him answers? I definitely like that sort of disgusted look on Ben's face. Um, but here's the big reveal: we've been asking how did uh, Whitmore get involved in this plot at all how did widmore know about the candidates and the explanation i guess is pretty straightforward well, it was the simplest explanation right that that jacob would have gone to visit widmore it's just not something i really would have expected no I, and you know we didn't get shown that particular visit you know we've seen him go to see ilana and say here are the people you need to protect etc but we didn't get shown that but okay it makes sense that uh, that uh, jacob saw widmore as being important to the plan and actually the more important effect of that is that ben clearly looked really upset mm-hmm. i mean he's he already stabbed jacob for basically ignoring him and now he finds his arch nemesis the person who killed his daughter the person against whom he's probably fought most of his life also got a happy house call from jacob and a nice mission a role to play in the greater purpose of the island mm-hmm. i would be livid if 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 just getting ignored by jacob made me stab jacob i can basically totally see why ben goes the way he does i i'm a little upset in the sense that he had a great redemption you know he had that wonderful scene with ilana that no yeah. one will have me i'll have you and he goes with her but now presented with what he sees here um there that was it. I mean, it was the end for that guy. He snaps. He's basically catatonic by the time he talks to Locke. Right. Uh, and by the way, before the before he was John Locke sitting on the porch with Ben, it, he was the smoke monster. And his arrival basically brought the end of Richard. Richard Alpert is Ted. I was really hoping for a better end for Richard. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he had a great backstory earlier with Abby Turno. He's been a key central figure in the mythology of the show. Uh, Actually, he was important to Ben. He was uh, Ben's advisor for all of those Mm -hmm. times. I guess seeing him die certainly didn't help his mental state, but it was Ben is basically having a really bad day. He's having a bad day, but Albert definitely having a worse day. I I guess I love it in the sense that he's in the house. He's saying, oh, he he wants me to join him. I'll have a, I'll I'll go talk to him and I can buy you some time. And then he goes out and he's dead. And (laughs) I like that because, you know, the smoke monster tells him the last time they spoke you're not going to get a second chance. You know, there's not going to be another conversation where I'm going to try to talk you into this. And he was not kidding. Um, <laughs> so I, that definitely is a shock. I'm sorry to see Richard go. Uh, 
In the Annals of Lost, we've said that if you don't see the body, he's not really dead, and he just sort of gets thrown off into the jungle. Like, if he's hanging in a tree somewhere, I'd love that. I thought we found out that he was immortal. Or that, yeah, at least that, yeah, he said that he, I I don't ever want to die. Yeah. So did he? That's true, too. That's very true, too. But maybe the, actually, a a fair answer to that is um, Richard's status as someone who could not die probably died with Jacob. So that's that true. Because again, as much as I'd like to think he's not dead, I'm pretty sure that he's dead. So uh, back to Ben. He sees Richard die. He's reminded that he's responsible for the death of his daughter. And he sees that, you know, <laughs> Jacob likes Widmore better than him. So uh-huh. he's totally gone. He's he's He completely joins the man in black. He turns to the dark side. Well, I'm not ready to write him off yet. I, I think he could still be redeemed. I think in Flash Sideways world, he's become a better person right, so i right. can't see why he he can't just pull another con and and betray the man in black well i guess that'd be kind of i'd like to see that i, I do like ben but we loved ben the best when he was a bad guy so maybe this is really where he's supposed to go and the contrast between the flash sideways ben and the on island ben is, is very w- stark is, is something that's really great to enjoy i i just i do think that he has definitely at least for a, br- a brief period of time um joined the man in black and is not afraid to get his hands dirty i thought that it was just a chilling couple of moments one when um he outs widmore and uh, zoe in the closet and they go in he's about to go in and Locke says oh you, you can stay out here you don't want to see this and Ben goes, I want to see this. <laughs> I was like, ooh, that's not good. And uh, they go in and unlock right there, dispatches Zoe, pretty matter of fact. She's gone. By evil and, Liz Lemon. Uh, by, by evil Tina Fey. And uh, now he wants to know why Desmond is important. And it's a key piece of information. And I love how uh, he says, you know, I'll whisper it to you. Or why don't you whisper yeah, it Yeah, that me? was odd. It's an odd thing for someone to say, except in a show where whispers are very important. True. So I, I just thought that was kind of, an, again, a nice reference there. But just as Widmore is giving that uh, information to Locke, bang, 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 Ben shoots him dead. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely shocking to me. And and not just because, you know, like as we discussed at the top of the show, you know, he's getting revenge. This is something that's been a long time in coming. But a couple of things that immediately struck me as, as Widmore slumped to the floor, which is, didn't they have a conversation in a bedroom in which it was stated that, you know, you can't kill me? And at that point, oh, we were really yeah. obsessed with the rules and who could or c- could not kill somebody. It seemed like they were that was off limits. Although, well, he was telling Widmore that he broke the rules by killing uh, his daughter. So I get that at that point, maybe <laughs> Ben's figured the rules pretty much don't apply anymore. I also saw some parallels between um, the life and death of Jeremy Bentham last mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, Widmore gives Locke this key piece of information and then Ben shoots him. But in that other episode, Ben kills Locke right after Locke gives Ben the information about Eloise Hawking. Interesting. So Ben wanted that information out of Widmore before killing him. Right. And at that point, he's not useful to him. And, you know, when you talk about your thinking that maybe Ben is pulling something on Locke that he's actually still pretty much invested in destroying the man in black the way that he reacts when uh, when uh, unlock says well oh, you you killed him you never cease to surprise me but uh, i already got what i wanted and then ben kind of goes good 
you know, like, okay, <laughs> um, it, it, I can see that, especially now when you mentioned that, that maybe, you know, he is plotting something. He does have a plan that he, you know, he wanted that information. He's got Miles running around out there with a walkie-talkie and explosives. And that, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, he does get offered the island. And we, we he, that's definitely been a motivating factor for him to have control of the island. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Widmore says is, if you kill me, your only chance of escape is gone. And he does kill him. So to some extent, it sounds like Ben is willing to stay on the island and uh, definitely the way he goes so you were mentioning somebody else we have to kill like he's you know he's ready mm-hmm. to go i can see all of these signs pointing to ben ha- having made that turn having turned evil but uh you've got me convinced that there's a strong possibility that he's still playing for our team that he could re redeem himself that that could definitely so. be interesting um so for now at least uh ben and unlock are marching th- together and they're off to get desmond who is key to everything and he's missing mm-hmm. so uh, and you know ben goes looks like he had help to get out did, did who let him did saeed let him out and no, not, because oh, saeed tells jack that desmond is still in the well oh right that's how you're gonna find him because right. that's where he is so yeah he expected him to be there so who who do you think helped uh, desmond get out where's claire that's in, well, actually that's a great question overall where is claire where's we claire this week well we haven't seen her since everybody took off in the sub. Well, yeah, since the pier. And right. uh, he, she goes, where are you going? And Unlock says, I'm going to finish what I started. I guess he left her behind and that's it. I don't know. Well, why Why would she let uh, Desmond out? Do you think, well, you know, she has an opportunity. She's she's actually the only one who's been aligned with Unlock so far that hasn't turned on him. Mm-hmm. You know, she's still basically following him. Even Saeed turned against um, the man in black finally on the submarine. So there, to me, there's definitely an opportunity for Claire to redeem herself. Although, I mean, I never got the impression that she had any understanding about what was important necessarily to the man in black and, or, or how Desmond would even fit into that. But yeah, definitely a nice mystery to basically leave for us to want to see un- Explained in uh, the mm-hmm. series finale. Oh, maybe Desmond played some J- Jedi mind tricks on Claire. Well, you know, Desmond's a convincing person, and <laughs> Claire doesn't have much of a mind to be tricked, so who knows? Um, but yes, we do know, though, that Desmond is the fail-safe. He's the—he's—he's—I like the phrase at the end where uh, Unlock calls him the fail-safe, because as we had that call in last week's podcast, you know, the fail-safe removed the need for the hatch mm-hmm. entirely to protect them from the energy. Up until that point, you needed somebody— in position to push the button to stop the energy from destroying everything. Right. By destroying the hatch completely, that need was removed. So the caller had said that what Desmond can do is kind of remove the need to protect the island by destroying the island. So that kind of fits into what Unlock says how Desmond can fit. Yeah, that's you know, true. Here's a guy who can be thrown into the magical, glowy, golden womb cave and uh, not be turned into a smoke monster. So he's either key to Jack's plan to protect the island somehow, or at least Jack knows that he's important because he could do something or be dangerous to them with a man in black, you know, having use of him to destroy the island. Now, what immediately jumped into my head when he said, I'm going to destroy the island now that I have this uh, person with this capability is the entire season started with the island underwater, the island essentially destroyed and sunken and no longer a factor, I, I, I would guess. So do we now already know that the man in black wins, that the man in black does manage to destroy the island? If the man in black wins and the island is on the bottom of the ocean, then 815 never crashes. So the man in black is able to keep the people away and off the island just like Mother wanted. That's 
that's interesting because if he if the, the but we see the island sunk in 2004 and what's happening on the island is happening in 2007 as far as we know. Oh. So how does he sink the island in the past? Right. Wow. I don't know. So okay, I guess we did not see that the man in black is one. We still don't necessarily know where the flash sideways fit into everything and how the island got sunk in the flash sideways. Well, I guess that's the key to everything, how the flash sideways fit in. I, then I guess that's what the next two and a half hours of Lost coming up on Sunday is basically going to have to deliver for us. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else in uh, this episode you liked? Any favorite lines? There were definitely a lot of great lines in well, this episode. Miles has a a line that kind of blows my mind. He says, I lived in these barracks here 30 years ago before you did, also known as last week. Right. Well, because actually, has it been only a week since they've flashed to this point? I don't I don't you know? know. I'm not really sure how the time is progressing. Well, there's been a lot of commentary about how it's been night and day, night and day, night and day, very fast in this last season. Um, presumably, it's, it's quite likely that it's only been a week since uh, they all flashed there and started mm-hmm. this entire journey. That's fascinating. I liked his lines. He comes out of the blue. We've been missing Miles for all this time. And of course, all he does is say, you know, funny, witty, strange one-liners. Like, uh-huh. uh, what is that? A secretor room? You know, when he sees the, the, <laughs> yeah. the hieroglyphs. I liked Alex. Um, you know, you talked about how he said uh, to Ben that you're the nicest guy ever and stuff. I like how she points out that, you know, you look like Napoleon with only one hand, mm-hmm. which, which because uh, Ben had given that lecture about Napoleon and certainly there are a lot of parallels. Oh, that's right. I to, forgot uh, about to, Napoleon. Right. And then he's a one-eyed guy. He's a one-armed guy. Uh-huh. Who, who else have we seen on Lost with one arm? Right. So right. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, Rousseau's line, um, you know, I insist that you come to dinner even if we have to kidnap you. <laughs> but definitely a lot of good lines. Well, definitely a good episode. We absolutely loved it. It perfectly sets the stage, perhaps better than any other you know, penultimate episode of any season I loved for it. what's going to come ahead. But those are just our thoughts on what they died for. Next up, a selection of some of the earliest reactions from our listeners and you all, everybody. Hey, Ryan and Jen, this is Kat from Virginia. Long time, uh, podcast listener ever since season one, the first time caller. Just wanted to say I loved this episode. It was so great to get back to the characters after last week. I really liked all the small touches that related back to season one and then the season six mirror stuff. Gonna miss you guys. You've really been fantastic and um, wish you all the best in your new endeavors. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Ryan and Jen. This is Jack from Queens, New York. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Wow. I have to say, I was on the side that hated last week's episode, Across the Sea. But having seen tonight's episode, it makes perfect sense to have last week's episode so late in the final season. As for tonight's episode, who helped Desmond out as well? Was it Miles? But he had no idea where Desmond was. Anyway, this was a great, great episode, and I'm really looking forward to the final episode of Lost. Mahalo for putting together a great podcast week after week. Um, hey, Ryan and Jen. This is Bonita in Atlanta, finally um, trying the Lost line. i got to say it was a great episode. I uh, loved the dark humor um, and um, lots of great callbacks. I think my favorite line was when Zoe's throat was slashed and... Uh, Locke says, you told her not to talk to me. That made her pointless, which is actually a perfect end to that character, which we all found to be entirely pointless. 
Hope you guys have a great time watching the show and the finale, and I look forward to reading your thoughts and hearing the podcast. Aloha. Hi, Ryan and Jen. This is Jackie and Dave from Brooklyn. Hey, and guys. I just wanted to comment on this week's episode, which spanked last week's episode, in our opinion. And uh just wanted to talk about a few things. I was kind of bummed about how Richard went out because I was hoping that, that he'd be, you know, playing an even bigger role than he has already because we like him so much. But maybe he's not dead somehow. I'm kind of hoping that he's not dead. He's not dead. And maybe he'll be an advisor to uh, Jack now or something if Jack continues to be the uh, the new Jacob. And uh, we were thinking that maybe the man in black is going to try throwing Desmond into the light unless that was what his intention was to begin with. Like, maybe... Uh, Whitmore brought him to the island to throw him in there in the first place to try and cancel something out. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. I think he's going to reset everything somehow. Yeah, Dave thinks he's going to reset stuff. Oh, yeah, that was our comments. Uh, We're very excited to see what happens next week, and uh, we love your show. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Later. Ryan and Jen, this is Dave calling from Michigan. This was an incredible episode. After last week's polarizing... uh, just somewhat frustrating episode. What they died for gave us the best of lost. We got answers. We got hilarious references. We got appearances of characters we missed. And it was a nice, I don't want to say pause because it was so full, but we got the character moments that really define the show. The moments between Jack and Locke and Just the way it wrapped up has me psyched for the finale. I can't wait for Sunday. Thanks so much, guys, for doing the podcast. Aloha. Hey, Ryan and Jen. It's Will in San Francisco again. And, boy, I got to tell you, if anything could make me forget across the sea, it was this week's episode. What a setup for the finale. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to be watching the finale without my shoes on because I think my socks are going to be knocked off. Keep up the great work, and thanks a lot. Ryan and Jen, what's up? Tom from North Carolina. Um, holy freaking crap on the flash sideways, guys. The end of that was crazy. I mean, he just comes up, and he's like, oh, is Annalise here coming? Uh, he's, she's not ready yet. But that was that was a cool scene. I don't know, like, when Hurley suddenly became, like, you know, Island Hurley, but that scene just, like, really blew me away. Everything with Jack and crew was uh, pretty good. I liked all that stuff when they were talking to Jacob and everything. But the stuff with Ben and Richard uh, and Miles kind of upset me in some ways. Um, Dr. Linus was a great episode uh, in terms of Ben's redemption. And it just seems like he's went back to his sinister ways. And we love Ben when he's sinister, but it just seems like a weird change of pace. Almost as weird as Locke suddenly coming up and being like, oh, I think I'm ready to get out of this chair. I'm like, okay, we'll roll with it. Can't wait to hear what y'all think. And um, where is this sideways story going, guys? I have have no theory about this. I don't know what to think at all. Can't wait to hear what y'all think. And I will talk to y'all later. Hello, Ryan and Jen. This is Matt Anderson calling from Minnesota about tonight's episode, What They Died For. I thought this episode was amazing. One of the best of the whole season so far. And probably my favorite parts of the episode would be uh, the sideways when Desmond was rounding up everybody. Uh, when we first saw Desmond go into the cell and Saeed and then Kate were there, that was great. And then 
at the end, we saw him uh, catch up with Hurley, and it seems like Hurley definitely has his full memory of the island. So that's super interesting. Uh, I think that possibly how they could tie the sideways together with our original timeline is uh, that because the sideways reality is in 2004 and our original timeline is going in 2007, uh, we could possibly see the sideways reality catch up and actually get to the island. Perhaps the island, since it's special, isn't in any dimension. It's in multiple dimensions. And so I don't know how it would work if there's doubles of people on the island, but it's possible that we could see some of the sideways characters actually showing up now in 2007 with our original timeline characters. What do you guys think about that? All right. Hope you guys have a great day. Thanks for a great podcast. Bye-bye. Hi, Ryan and Jan. It's Richie in Missouri. I just got done watching What They Died For. I really love that episode. I'm glad to see Ben figuring prominently. And I guess it's shaping up to be uh, Jack and Ben being the, the new version of Jacob in uh, The Man in Black. I don't know. I'm so anxious to see what uh, the finale is going to be. Love the podcast. I'm looking forward to hear what you guys say. Thanks. Hi, Jen and Ryan. It's Michelle in Rockford, Illinois. Wow, what an episode. It's so exciting to get some answers and to really see the past beginning to take shape and see where the story is going. A couple of observations we had. Number one, um, just a speculation. I really think that Ben is, in essence, pulling the wool over Locke's eyes. So I'm excited to see how he's going to step up to the plate. And even though he's looking like, you know, a real bad guy, I think he's going to step up step up to the plate, and I think he's going to help save the day. Um, a second thing that we really thought was kind of cool is the path that Jack is on in relation to Locke. Um, as the surgeon, he will have control of Locke's life as he lay on that operating table. If something goes wrong in that surgery, we could see Jack fighting to save Locke's life. And at the same time, as they battle it out on the island, but we're going to have exact opposites, extremes going on. And I think it's just going to be fascinating. I can't wait to see how this is going to end. And yet I really don't want it to. Thanks a lot. And I just love having you guys to go on this journey with. So thank you so much for your podcast and all the great work you do. Bye-bye. Hey, Ryan and Jen and you all, everybody. This is Scott B. from D.C. And uh, what an episode. There were so many fantastic moments, but... It was so great to see Ben in action again in the sideways world to think that Desmond's actions have brought Ben's family back together. It took almost six seasons, but the show actually brought a tear to my eyes. Uh, the scene with Ben and Danielle in the kitchen was perfect. Uh, back on the island, seeing him return to like an almost zombie-like state when he realizes he's going to have to confront Unlock again just totally creepy, him sitting on the porch with Unlock and uh, a complete shock when he kills Widmore. And that great line of the episode, I, I can't remember exactly, but are there any more people you'd like me to kill? I mean, that's, I just saw my chair laughing. So uh, I, I don't know what to say. Uh, he, he's such a complex character. It was just, it was just great to see him. Um, it just, It just blows me away. Namaste. And uh, there, there's so many things to, to ponder that uh, it makes me really grateful for you both and for you all, everybody. Thanks. Ryan and Jen, oh, tears of joy. 
the final episode's coming. It'll be so joyful to know the end and yet so sad what changes there are. I think the emotions that will happen in the upcoming episode will be about the same as what I was feeling during this episode between when Ben shot Widmore and and then off island when Ben was tearing up over Alex. I mean, that's approximately what's going to be going through my mind and heart and probably everybody sitting in my living room. Um, it's just amazing the broad uh, differences in Ben and how he's going to turn it all around. I truly can't believe he's going to stay bad the entire time. But I'm interested to see what's going to happen. It looks like it's being set up as a great finale. It sure did redeem itself from last week. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Mahalo. Thank you for everything. Bye. Hey there, Ryan and Janice. Jesse again with the initial reaction and final thoughts on this last lost before the finale. Um... I thought it was terrific. I loved this episode. The Ben Rousseau storyline, the Jack Locke alt storyline, even the A-Team style and Lucia Hurley Desmond super escape attempt. I thought it was great. Um, I love the off-island stuff. The on-island stuff has me perplexed, and last time we talked, I could not be more angry by it, but now all I want to do is see how it turns out because I'm enthralled by it. Uh, Also, the scene with Ben and Locke, I was 1,000% sure that he had C4 in that closet, and when Locke was going to open it, boom. But instead, it was actually Winmore and Tina Fey, which I did not see coming, I gotta be honest. And I definitely didn't see their deaths coming. Uh, I was a little blown away by that. And then Miles, where'd he go? So, my hope is that there is a secret plan in the, in the, in the works. And Miles with the C4 is going to do something for Ben, and it's going to redeem Ben, and hopefully make me liking him in the alt a little more justified. Because I would hate to like him in the alt, and then him get his memories of how he was a bad man, and screw it up somehow. I don't know, that just seemed bad to me, I don't know. And I cannot wait to see how it ends. Thank you, Ryan and Jen, it has been an absolute pleasure to listen and contribute to this phenomenon with you guys. Uh, Thanks a million times over. I cannot wait. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm calling from Augusta, Georgia. My daughter's called you a couple of times. She's um, Puppy Wings. She's named Jennifer from Augusta, Georgia. She and I are big Lost fans. Um, I just, you know, I'm just, I knew this was coming. I just thought all this time, possibly not, but... You know, Jack has a thing about he has to save the world, he has to fix everybody. And, you know, I guess it was a logical progression for him to volunteer to be the one to protect the island and not, and take care of the light. Um, I just thought it was interesting. It was like a metaphor, kind of a, a thing when Jacob did that with the water. Um, I guess it was like a cross between a, a communion type metaphor or or holy water um i can hardly wait now until sunday especially you know unlock is like the ultimate evil he gets more evil as the minutes progress and i just love the sideways thing too with desmond so i can just hardly wait to see how this is totally gonna weave all together and make some sense. So I just wanted to call and um, give you my thoughts. Enjoy you guys' podcast. Thanks. Bye. Hello, Ryan and Jen. This is Sydney from Detroit. 
Uh, just watched What They Die For. Thought it was a great episode, great lead into the series finale. Um, Jack is going to be the new Jacob. Wow, and wow, well, I don't even know what to expect now. It's going to be a crazy finale. Well, uh, hope to hear you guys soon, and uh, mahalo. Hi, Ryan Jim. This is Dave in New York. That was a great episode I just watched, and I'm very satisfied with the direction that's going. We just got to get down to that final battle. We knew that Jack was going to be it all along, or at least I, I thought so. Anyway, I want to thank you for you guys for um, the podcast. It's wonderful. I love it. Uh, it's the first time I'm calling. I can't say long-time listener because I've only been watching Lost since uh, January 1st of this year. I watched it from the beginning, and I uh, couldn't stop watching it. So anyway, thanks a lot. Hey there, this is Jeff Gentry, X-Force 11, calling from North Carolina. Just finished watching What They Died For, and amazing. So many good lines, so much good stuff. Um, I love the whole campfire scene where Jacob was telling them that they, in, in effect, needed the island to give them that purpose and that thing that they were looking for in their lives. And love the fact that he crossed Kate off because she became a mother, because she had that purpose. So that was really cool. And um, love the fact that uh, um, Jack stepped up and, you know, it wasn't about the wine and it wasn't about uh, the cup. It was about passing the, you know, the cup on um to the next person but you know it was about the ceremony um it was just a great overall episode lots of great lines one of those ones you got to go back and see again but uh really appreciate it appreciate the podcast talk to you guys later bye hey this is drew from chattanooga and man i am so excited about the closing of the lost season finale it's just been an incredible ride great penultimate episode. I love the idea that what they did when they felt the bomb was actually what the smoke monster would like to happen, destroying the island. And uh, just so you know, in honor of Jen, because you guys have made my lost watching, viewing experience so much better, in view of Jen, I'm going to be watching the last episode of Lost wearing a really bad wig. Y'all... Thanks so much. Mahalo. Hi, this is Logan from Wisconsin. Uh, I just watched tonight's episode, and uh, that was so intense. I was like, my eyes were glued to the television screen. Every time my dad my dad talked, I was like, shut up, Dad. Shut up. Not now. And um, when Soul Monster came and, like, attacked Richard, I, like, screamed. That was so unexpected. And anyway, I'm so excited for the finale. I already asked it off from work, and I'm having a party. I'm just excited. So, uh, see ya. Bye. Hi, this is Ron from Montclair. I just want to comment on the excellent show tonight. There are, there are so many answers, and everything is just coming together so nicely. I think some of the conceptions we had about who is good and who is evil is straightening out, and, and the sympathies are aligning, and, uh, and I'm just wondering how it's all going to finally end, and I'm very looking forward to it. And I also want to thank uh, you guys for everything you did, and I think uh, all of us out here are going to miss you almost as much as the show. Thanks. Bye.
Mahalo for those calls and the many other calls that came in on the Lost Line. We know that the conversation about what they died for has only just begun, so please continue the discussion on our blog at hawaiiup.com slash lost. You know, last week's episode drew a record 640 comments, and this latest episode, only an hour after it aired, has already inspired more than 160 comments. Of course, we're only four days away from the series finale event oh, on boy. Sunday, May 23rd, between a two-hour retrospective and a wrap-up on Jimmy Kimmel Live, The Whole of Lost will come to an end with the end, the last episode of Lost ever. We can hardly believe it, and we need you to get through it. As we mentioned for the series finale, we're going to put out another Initial Reactions shortwave transmission as soon as we can, hopefully later on Monday, and again, we're going to include a few Lost Line calls. But there's definitely going to be a lot more to say, so we will take some time to gather our thoughts and yours, and we will put together a full show for May 30th. That's the following Sunday, which is the regular day we put out the show, We'll try to recap the episode, but definitely not in under eight minutes. (laughs) We will look back at the series finale in greater detail, and we will share a full serving of your thoughts and reactions in you all, everybody. And uh, what comes after that? Well, we do want to take our traditional look back on the season as a whole for episode 100 of the transmission so we hope you will join us in taking a look back at season six and share some of your favorite moments from lost in 2010 then i'm pretty sure we're going to do one more special show on the whole of lost the entire experience of lost favorite episodes favorite moments favorite twists but as i mentioned last week in addition to the series we'd also love to hear what lost has meant to you over the past half decade because we can say without being you know cheap or melodramatic about it at all that Lost and its fans and, and that means you have uh, definitely changed yeah. our lives for the better. Yes, you have. And the conversation doesn't ever have to end. We'll definitely be sure to let you know about some of the rewatches and blogs and forums out there where fans will congregate over the summer and we'll actually even post some prompts on the blog. That's right. We've gotten some suggestions from listeners um, including a thread on questions and mysteries that were left unanswered or even on some favorite characters and character moments. In other words, the transmission as a blog and as a community will definitely continue, even though the podcast will come to an end. But Jen and I are not going anywhere, and we'd love to stay in touch. You can always email us or catch us on Twitter or Facebook. And after we've had a few weeks to recover and catch up on the real world, you can then find us over at popspotting.net. For now, though, remember, we still need your feedback for the series finale on Sunday. Please come by and share your thoughts on the blog at hawaiiup.com slash lost. You can email us at lost at hawaiiup.com or you can call and leave a message on the lost line at 815-310-0808. No, again, we do love your feedback on the episodes, and so don't forget us, but I do want to take a, a last moment here to say a, a separate thank you, a very heartfelt thank you, because we're not just hearing your feedback on the show, obviously. We've been getting some really amazing, touching, just sob-worthy messages from some of our longtime listeners, even some of our new listeners, and uh, we feel what you feel. You know, it's, it's bittersweet. It's sad that we're coming to the end of the journey, and it definitely means a lot to hear what our podcast has done 
done for you, how much it's helped your understanding of the show, your enjoyment of the show. Uh, we're not kidding when we say that uh, we do the show for you. So it is kind of weird for us to be thanked so much. But I do want to say that uh, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah, we definitely. I I know I appreciate it. It's wonderful just to hear all of your voices and hear from you guys. After you know, and we hope that we still hear from you after the show is yeah, over. I mean, we we hope that you come to visit the island. You can uh, definitely get in touch. We can give you some tips and advice. We'll buy you a shave ice. There you go, or maybe a loco moco. Uh, we do feel the same personal connection that apparently many of you seem to feel as well. It it, it means a lot to us. I, I I love hearing that lost helps get you through your chores or gets you through a, a bad day at work or, or, or gets you through cancer or gets you through all kinds of things you know uh, we've been in this journey together I, I don't know how to appropriately you know respond to all of these these messages I just want you to know that we hear them and love them um, we, we it's a little weird to include them in the show but we we appreciate them. yes we do and even better uh, probably better it's not just between you know you and us uh, I love that listeners and fans have made connections with each other on on the blog in addition to you know 500 word essays about what the greater meaning of lost is uh, people are saying things to each other they're 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 talking about how much they're going to miss each other they've made friendships on our board and and that conversation has has definitely caused a few tears to well up in it's my eye it's really sweet it's like reading my senior high school yearbook it's exactly like that yeah. and uh, so just seeing the real strength of the community that has built up over the years and uh, how much they connect and value each other uh, just this everything it's just amazing and uh, again i just want to say thank you thank you but all that said uh we will see you on the other side everybody stay lost aloha aloha Podcast is a proud member of the Lost Podcasting Network. Get all your favorite Lost Podcasts in one feed at lostcasts.blogspot.com. Hi, Ryan and Jen. This is Julie from Chicago. Um, the last time I called was the first season that you guys did your podcast, and uh, I think the comment that I made was something like, Oh, Claire's back. Uh, gee, I, I think what they're going to show next is, you know, how she uh, got stolen by the others. It's, it's, gee, that's just how long ago it was that I last called you guys, maybe like 2005 or something. So I've been listening for a really long time, and um, <laughs> I'm in the car on the way to work, and I just listened to the tribute that the Lost Podcasting Network um, put together for you. And it made me cry, and now my makeup's ruined. So <laughs> just wanted to let you guys know that I – I feel the same way. Um, you know, I've just been a loyal listener. I I sometimes contribute to the blog, but I just wanted to say that um, I share their feelings and that you guys have really done an amazing job with this podcast, and you've put your heart and soul into every minute of all the work you did. And I remember those, uh, I think it was about a year that you didn't do the podcast, and it really sucked. Um, and then when you came back, it was like, oh, my God, they're back. It was amazing. So I just want to say congratulations for making it all the way, and thank you for taking us on this awesome journey and uh it's really really helped um to um 
just just helped me enjoy the show all that much more. And um, I'm going to miss the transition, but I'm really looking forward to your your new show. So take care, mahalo, and uh, I'll see you on the inside, brother. Bye.